Hello and welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul. My co-host Justin Baker joining me as the Stanley Cup Finals are officially over. I know they ended, uh, you know, like almost a week ago, but uh, we are doing our first show since the Stanley Cup Finals ended. And before we do anything else, Justin, your favorite part of the Vegas parade? Uh, my favorite part? Gosh, I think it's I think it's everybody's favorite part. I mean, that's that's wild drunk Carlson. Dude. Uh, <laughs> Unreal. <laughs> I just it, it was it was cracked or you know what I will say too um gosh who was it um why can't why am I drawing a blank on the name um uh, general manager Peter McCrimmon um oh Kelly McCrimmon Kem, yeah thank you thank you like walking up and like the literally the 10 second speech like hey thanks for this bye and just gets off <laughs> yes yes oh that was that was a good one too but uh yeah all in all I mean it's it's got to be drunk Carlson that was just that was so great shirt off <laughs> you can't ask for anything better and I mean that's that's Vegas for you too right I mean that just that personifies Vegas I mean it's just uh it's a party town oh yeah and I mean since the Washington Capitals ripped it up I mean everyone's basically trying to out party the Washington Capitals which <laughs> let's be honest no one has done not even the Vegas Golden Knights have right. uh, have outdone the Washington Capitals thus far so um I I definitely, I mean, I, I heard a story, I don't remember what podcast it was on, it was uh, that William Carlson, when he was a rookie, uh, he, at like some some like all-team event, they had all the rookies get up and say something about themselves. And I, I think, it, was he a rookie in Anaheim? Is that where he was? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so it was uh, when he was in Anaheim. And they, they had all the rookies get up and just like say something about themselves. And he said, "My name's my name's uh, William Carlson. They call me Wild Bill, and I like to party. And that's all he said. <laughs> and I like that to party. Absolutely holds true. Uh, pretty pretty awesome. Uh, do you think that so with with Vegas winning the Stanley Cup? Obviously, the Florida Panthers were uh, were just like run into the ground. Like they didn't have anything left by the time." the you know probably after like game two or three it was pretty apparent that vegas was just outclassing them in terms of their depth and their health like they had no injuries at all other than the one goaltending injury and it turned out to be a a benefit a plus rather than a negative and uh, florida was just ravaged but you know by the time we found out it, it people might as well have been got shot from a gun like the injuries that some of these guys had were just outrageous that they were playing through classic uh, NHL playoff injuries. Like, oh yeah, I, I had a, I had a broken sternum. I had a broken shoulder, like a dislocated shoulder twice and all these different, like everything goes back for me to Bobby Bond for the Toronto Maple Leafs. He scored a game winning goal and to force a game seven in the, in the finals in the sixties. And he had, he played overtime on a broken leg. And scored oh, yeah. the game-winning goal, and like that's probably the first real like this guy just played through everything, you know that that's kind of where that legend begins of like hockey players are just going to play through everything and anything, and uh, it it has continued to today, which is is honestly surprising somewhat because of how I'll say like a little bit of like the wussification of sports, you know the the Stanley Cup playoffs just bring out all the the most badass people uh, being able to play through some insane injuries. Yeah, I will say my favorite part when, when, when you talk about injuries is I love every once in a while I'll scroll like on, on TikTok and, uh, you know, Instagram reels or whatever, and I'll come across these videos of guys that are basically like they're casual NHL fans, but, you know, they're just general sports fans, right? And so they'll literally rip the NBA apart because they'll be like, Oh yeah, he stubbed his toe. He's going to be out about four to six months. And, uh, <laughs> you know, he's just, it's a long road to recovery here, skip. I don't think he's going to be able to, to play the next game. And then, then it cuts to like some other clip and it says NHL on the top. And it's just like, yeah, he's got a punctured lung, two broken arms and a broken femur, but uh, I think he's going to play tomorrow. <laughs> right. Right. That's so <laughs> like, true. So, uh, uh, sums it up. That's great. Um, though. All right. Well, kudos to the Vegas Golden Knights uh, winning a Stanley Cup in year six. Pretty incredible. 
um, two finals appearances and conference finals. Like, it just probably the greatest start to any franchise uh, in the modern era, at least. Just a, really setting the bar for any new expansion team in North American sports. Uh, I think we want to spend the majority of our time today focused on the draft, but not trying to, neither one of us, I mean, maybe Justin's a, are you a closet like I know all these players really well coming into the draft? Um, I usually study maybe like, like, like the it, top 10, top 15 yeah, or yeah. so. Yeah, I, I really dive a little bit deeper into those kind of players, but when you get into like the 30s and 40s, I'm right. like, okay, right. who? You're, yeah, and 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 honestly, I think that a lot of a lot of guys are relying on the the great work of of particular people who spend a lot of time scouting players and then like spending yeah, the time I don't get to paid write full it full time the, to do this, right? Right, and so I mean, yeah, we can talk about who, where we think certain players are are going to go. Uh, maybe Mitchkov, where we think he's going to end up because he's probably the biggest wild card of the entire draft. He could go anywhere from. Uh, number two, really, in terms of talent, probably just behind Bedard. He had actually been uh, the number two in this draft ranking for years. Uh, dating back a couple years ago, people thought that he was the second best prospect. And uh, he he has taken a step back because of being a Russian-born player and, uh, and some of the complications that come with that. He's also been rather dark I'll say like black he's like blacked out he, he not very many teams got to talk to him so that's been a difficulty but in terms of talent we know he's unbelievable and, and that we can definitely dive into but the main thing we want to do today is look at the draft and see what teams need and what teams are going to do aside from making their picks uh, because that you know who, who doesn't love when Gary Bettman walks up and says there's been a trade and <laughs> And and we get those trades, you know. That's that's what's fun about the draft. That's I mean, it's a it's a big part of why we watch. We want to see the the movement of current players because for the most part, you know, outside of what maybe eight guys, we're not going to really see these players for two or three years. So it's it's a lot easier to to hone in on these possible trades, and then how the draft is going to affect free agency. Uh, as we move closer and closer to July 1st, it's actually cra- like, it's crazy. The draft is coming up and then it's like the, almost the next day, <laughs> what's, what the draft is on like the 28th and the 29th. And then free agency starts two days later after the draft is over. So it might be the quickest. Is it the, like the quickest turnaround between the draft and free agency that, that the league has ever had? Geez, I mean, that I don't know, but I, I was listening to NHL and XM yesterday and they were actually talking about, just like the time frame, right? Like how quick the turnaround actually is between the finals being over and the draft and everything else. Like it's two weeks and you're, you're go, go, go. So there's no, no and, time for rest. And uh, June 26th is the NHL awards. So Monday is the awards. And then you've got uh, Wednesday and Thursday is the draft, right? So I mean, it's lots, lots happening between uh, their awards, the draft, and then free agency coming out on what is that Saturday? That's a that's a uh, a rare the rare weekend day. It feels like for a free agency, it feels like it's always been. I mean, I guess it's it's every seven years. It's a Saturday for the most part, uh, but it feels like it's been a weekday for a long time, which I guess it has. Uh, okay, so where where do you want to start here with with the draft? What what teams uh, do you want to focus on here? Boy, I mean, I would love to focus on, um, for me, first and foremost, Arizona, right? Just because they have two top 12 picks here in this draft. So I'm interested to see. I mean, yes, we know they're rebuilding. And it's funny, I saw a stat today on Twitter that they actually have uh, more draft picks than they do actual signed players. Oh, gosh. Wow. um, Oh, yeah. Yeah. In this draft, they've got, what's uh, seven in the first three rounds. Right. And then another five after that. Yep, 12 12. draft picks, and they've got 11 players signed to contracts right now. Nice. Um, So, I mean, of course, you know, prospects, things like that, but basically NHL contracts right now. So, um, And we know, uh, who was it that, oh, uh, prospect uh, that that said he won't sign there. Uh, Who said he won't sign there this year? In Arizona? Yeah. Was it Dylan Gunther? That's it. No, no, he already signed. Who did they draft last year? Logan Cooley. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Logan yeah. Cooley said, "Yeah, I'm not signing with Arizona this year. I'm not doing it." <laughs> oh boy. So that's uh, that'll be an I did interesting not hear that. thing to see. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he already is. He's declared himself out. He's going back to going back to uh, play college hockey. I guess so. Uh, that'll be that's an interesting decision on his part, but probably more or less like I'm not signing any three year deal with a team that I don't even know where they're going to be. Because let, let's be honest, Arizona is in a very bad spot, a very bad spot. Like this could be it. I I I know we've talked about it before that uh, the Coyotes maybe could leave Arizona and that Gary Bettman's been very, very against it, but. I don't know that there's a way forward here. They don't have an arena. They can't keep playing in an arena with 3,500 seats. No. So I, I think that this is going to be a Salt Lake City, a Houston, a, a, a back to Atlanta. One of those things is going to happen. I think this team is going to move, not this year, but it will move uh, by the end of next season that they'll be gone. Yeah, I have heard uh, rumblings that they've been basically looking around at four different cities. Uh, nothing concrete. However, you know, again, I, I just... Oh, in Kansas City. You. Is that the fourth city? The Kansas City? No, 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 no. I mean, like, within that Arizona, like, oh, you know, within Tempe, the market. Scottsdale. Yeah, within, within their general market. And, and, and personally, I mean, I don't remember the cities off the top of my head, but, um, you know, I mean, personally, I just think that there's no way for, like you said, this team to move forward. I just think they've dug themselves a big enough hole. They've just alienated a lot of their fan base um and 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 any chance at at hoping to grow their fan base is kind of i mean a moot point right they've been rebuilding for the last like two decades it feels like why why am i going to buy season tickets for a team that is not going to be here next year exactly and why do i want to buy a jersey of a player like for example nick schmaltz right 27 one of the, I mean, considered one of the, the leaders on this team, but why do I want to buy his jersey if I don't even know if he's going to be there tomorrow? Because it, it seems like, I mean, they're always having a fire sale every offseason at this point. And so, um, you know, who knows what's going to happen this year. But the reason I wanted to, to I guess, kind of start by highlighting them is is I'm curious with, you know, basically their situation and lack of, of players. How many draft picks can they acquire on top of this 12 in the first two rounds, maybe the third round, who knows, to take on more bad contracts, right? Because they've got to get to the cap floor somehow, and you know they're not going to attract any big-name free agents uh, to come play there. So they're going to need to, to bring in some money, and you know maybe you, you bring in some, some bad deals along the way to, uh, to get more picks here. Yeah, it's either going to be the uh, you know Shea Weber, Jacob Voracek, Brian Little. <laughs> it's so funny that they have those three players. Basically, twenty million dollars, more than twenty million dollars in twenty one point three in just dead space on injured reserve. <laughs> it's wild. That's that's unreal. That so their actual cap hit is what thirty one million dollars. <laughs> Of what they're what they're actually gonna have signed that could play for them, um, and then they've got another. They you know it's funny they also have to retain they they get a cap hit from Oliver Ekman Larson getting bought out as well. <laughs> it's very small year. twenty grand three twenty <laughs> six fifty. It's very small, um, it, fairly insignificant. Although it does take up a retained salary spot on their uh, on their thing for now. The next like. Gosh, isn't it how how long is an eight year buyout? Eight years, yep. So for the next eight years, they can only have two retained salaries because of that. Whereas before, they would have only had four left. So that's uh, that's pretty funny. And oh, and they also have Zach Cassian and Patrick Nemeth. So that's another one point eight million. So in reality, they have twenty three million dollars in dead space. Almost half their team is dead cap space. Uh, and yeah, I mean, what do you do with this team at this point? If what you're saying, you know, how are you going to, you're not uh, now. Okay. I'll say this. You could attract a free agent on a one year deal who wants to get paid, right? Like if there's somebody who's possibly a reclamation project or somebody that, uh, maybe is in a position to like, Hey, go show me that you're actually better than you. You are, you can go to a team, you can be their top line, something. Whereas on a really good team, you'd probably be a second or third line player. You can go maybe get an extra million or two to go to Arizona and 
you kind of have a, a freebie year to just go and kind of rip it up and see what kind of numbers you can put up. I, yeah. I, I've got to think that's attractive to someone. Well, I, I think this is going to be not necessarily, you know, Max Domi, but I think it's going to be a situation like Max Domi last year where he went to Chicago for that opportunity, knowing he can get in that, that top six, but you know what? Hey, he's going to get an opportunity to play and maybe try to, you know, uh, rebound, I guess is maybe the right word for it and say, Hey, you know what? I'm, I'm actually still capable of playing. I can still produce. I'm still a, a quality player. Right. So, um, Milan you know, Lucic. Uh, well, I mean, he's looking for a deal and rumor is that, uh, Calgary is actually trying to, uh, to well, they're entertaining, re-signing him. Right. Um, but no, where I look at it is I look at a team like Nashville that really is, is going through this, this interesting period in their franchise where they're bringing in a new coach, they're bringing in a new GM, all the, all these things, but they've got, in my opinion, two, $8 million contracts where I think one of them needs to go in order to, to bring in some new talent, some new life. And so maybe this is a situation where, you know, again, Arizona takes on maybe Ryan Johansson's contract. Um, you know, I don't know what the actual dollars he's owed is maybe just, yeah, it's just a straight 8 million base. So nothing, no bonuses or anything like that, but, um, yeah, maybe a contract like that where, you know, Nashville throws them a bone where another second round pick or something and they take that, that contract off their hands. Hey, and if you, you know, you, you think about it, I mean, preferably I think for a team like Arizona, they're really, and, and that's where that contract of Ryan Johansson doesn't play well is that I think they'd prefer to, if they're going to bring in somebody like that, that, that it maybe be like a front loaded contract and it, they have to pay him less in cash and more in, uh, but it, but it brings their cap up. Uh, right. Exactly. However, a Ryan Johansson is an interesting prospect because let's say you, you know, you bring him on, you take his whole 8 million. Fine. I mean, you have to, you have to, you're going to have to spend money to a certain extent. We know that, uh, 28 points in 55 games. It's not terrible. Um, would there be teams out there who would be willing to take on Ryan Johansson for $4 million a year? I would think so. Perhaps Arizona goes. They say, hey, we're going to bring in Ryan Johansson and he's going to be here and, and like he would become their number one center or like top six forward kind of vibe. And you can plug him in and then when you're ready to deal them, you can eat half that deal and that'll, that'll, you know, hang $4 million over your head and you'll be you know, able to, uh, to keep that towards your cap and possibly acquire something pretty decent for Ryan Johansson, especially if he goes into Arizona and because of the limited pressure and, uh, because of maybe the opportunity, maybe he puts up some good numbers and kind of finds himself rejuvenized. And, uh, he, you know, he, he fetches you, uh, a second, another second round pick, or, or maybe possibly you package him and find a way to bring in a first round pick. I, there's, I think there's some interesting prospects uh, by bringing in talent, at least players with some talent uh, that also have a big cap hit. Which, which kind of brings you to like, you know, do you, do you go chasing after you know a team like maybe Tampa Bay or, or Washington, Pittsburgh, where there's. You know, some salaries that you wouldn't mind being able to dump. Uh, that's that's where Arizona becomes very intriguing because they are going to want some serious cap money. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, okay. Well, let's let's move from the Coyotes, a team that I mean they they do have some nice picks, but uh, let's let's go to the Chicago Blackhawks since they have the number one overall pick, uh, and uh, on top of that, they also have Tampa's first round pick. And three or four second round picks, three second round, uh, third round picks, and then a fourth and a fifth and a seventh. So they have about the same amount of picks as Arizona. They actually have a little bit more of the the higher round in the second. They have very few players signed as well. Do you foresee the Chicago Blackhawks doing something similar to what they what we were talking about Arizona? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, listen, they had uh, Kyle Davidson on. Uh, I, I was listening to an interview with him, and, and it's clear they're not bringing back Jonathan Taves. They're not bringing back Patrick Kane, right? These guys are officially finished. So um, you know they're not going to attract any big-name free agents as well. And so really what I think is you have an opportunity here. Um, one, I, I think there's going to be some level of, I don't want to say you know um, all-star 
free agents, right? I mean, I, I don't think there's any, you know, top line guys. There's not like any top two defensemen out there, in my opinion, on the free agent market. However, I do think there's going to be opportunities for guys that traditionally might be on the second line for a lot of teams, you know, i.e. your Tyler Bertuzzi's, uh, that might go look at Chicago now with the possibility of playing with Connor Bedard. But uh, because of that, and because I, I do think they're not going to be spending a crap ton of money as well, right, you're going to see a situation similar to Arizona where I mentioned where I think they're going to try to acquire uh, some more picks here. I think there's, um, you know, obviously a rebuild in, in place. They've come out and said that there's, you know, uh, with Arizona, it's clear that they, they need a rebuild, but I don't think they've, they've openly admitted that. Well, in, uh, with Arizona, isn't it more like, yeah, they're rebuilding, but also they're in such a flux that right. how can you possibly, I mean, you're just really building for the, the far out future. Like uh, it's, it's it's kind of hard to fathom what they do here because i mean if you have your your pick from last year who says i don't want to sign there i mean that's brutal uh you can't develop players because maybe like do players have one foot out the door kind of thinking like all right how do i get out of here absolutely i'm sure you'll have some play you know you're gonna have some who go all right yeah we got another year here and then we're gonna go somewhere else and like then i have a chance to be a part of a new franchise and it could be a really cool way to like to to for my career to go. You know, I, I could see some benefits of being a part of a new team. I mean, we all saw it for Seattle. We see it for for Vegas. And even though it would be a relocation and not a not an expansion team, if it was a team's first time ever in a city like Houston or Salt Lake City, Kansas. I mean, we'll say first time ever for Kansas City because it's been freaking fifty years since there was a hockey team in Kansas City. Uh, uh, so, I mean, you would be starting a legacy, and that would be something to at least maybe look forward to. But other than that, I mean, what's there to play for? So it'll be it'll be other than money. Uh, I just don't foresee. I, I don't know what the plan is for Arizona because I don't know that Arizona knows the plan because are the same people going to own them? Are like, you know, that that's there's so many questions up in the air. But. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so the one other great thing with Chicago that I, I really like, um, you know, with the amount of draft picks they do have, right? I mean, they have the four in the second round, two in this first round, two in the first round for the next two years as well. Um, I would love to see them make a play on, like, for example, um, the New York Rangers, right? They've got two uh, young, you know, high, highly, you know, selected draft picks in Lafreniere and, and Capococco, right? I mean, obviously they're going to get Lafreniere re-signed and, and stuff like that, but I do think the Rangers are in a little bit of a cap squeeze. Maybe it might not be a bad idea to to get some assets in return, i.e. draft picks, uh, and, and maybe jettison one of these guys to maybe clear up some future cap space, right? And I, I don't know what Chris Drury's thinking if his idea is to keep both of these guys long-term anyways, um, but maybe this is an opportunity for, you know, maybe Chicago says, hey, we... Uh, We'd love to find a, a young winger to play on the, the wing with Connor Bedard here and a guy who can be around long term. And, you know, maybe that might be exciting for a guy like, you know, Lafreniere and, you know, willing to, to stick around long term. And maybe you can get him locked up on the cheap on a you know long term deal to, to play with, you know, Connor Bedard at this point in your career. Yeah, I mean, and it's now I will say that Laviolette has talked about both. Lafreniere and uh, and Kako saying that he wants to give them more opportunities uh, and and put them in situations where they are uh, leaned on more often. So right. that does play into a hey, like the head coach is is hoping and I'll bet uh, I can I can almost bet you that one of his main selling points was I can take Kako I can take Lafreniere and I can turn them into the players that they should be. Now that right, might 60, not be, 70 point guys. And that yeah, that might not be a superstar number like number 1 no, overall pick. You know, he's not going to probably end up being a Jack Hughes, but can he turn them into legitimate top 6 forwards who score 25 to 30 goals a year and or, or put up 70, you're right, like 60 70 points and be guys that can contribute and and be a part of this core moving forward. And I got to bet that he said I can absolutely do that. And as long as he does it with one of the two, I think that Rangers fans would be happy. 
Oh, absolutely, for sure. And, and I mean, not necessarily uh, do I think Chicago needs to go after one of these guys, right? But I'm saying there's there's there probably other players where I think maybe they can go out and take a peek, you know, maybe like a guy, for example, uh, Marcelli and, you know, Matias Marcelli in, in Arizona, right? 22, put up 50 points a season. Uh, you know, there's there's other RFAs and other guys, younger players out there that maybe they can try to take some of these draft picks and try to acquire to, to bring in young talent that's going to continue to grow along with Connor Bedard, so that way the future of the franchise is secure, and you're not necessarily hoping that one of these, you know, one or two of these, you know, six picks in the the first two rounds turns out to be a, a decent player for you. Absolutely. Um, okay, let's. Can we pivot to Vancouver for a minute? We because absolutely can. Vancouver did something. We we already touched on it a little bit with Air, with Arizona, but Vancouver um, just did the biggest buyout I think that we've seen since uh, what was it, Lecavalier? Uh, Le Cavalier was the biggest one. I think he's the third biggest buyout, but the other two ahead of him were compliance buyouts. So they did not ca- they did not count against the cap. Uh, but this one definitely does. Uh, it cost them two point one two six million dollars a year for the next eight years, uh, but the cap hit is considerably less for you know than the eight million dollars that it would have been for them if he had stayed. So they they take that hit, and especially this year, it gives them a ton of cap space. The cap hit on them this year is only 146000 uh, And then by the time the cap hit goes up a little bit in a few years to 4.7, the cap should be up probably 6 to $8 million from where it is today. So I think in the short term, it's a great move. In the long term, it won't have the same impact that it would if he was getting paid $8 million in four years. So uh, they get the savings there as well. What do you think they are up to <laughs> making this kind of kind of buyout on a defenseman who, yeah, not worth eight million dollars, but was he serviceable uh, enough? I, I got to think there's going to be teams that are out there that want to sign Oliver Ekman Larson, who think that he can play a role on their team. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, first team that comes to mind is the Tampa Bay Lightning. I think. You know, a guy like that is is you know I, I go back to um, oh gosh why can't I think of his name but anyways he he's in Anaheim now uh, on their third pair but basically you know a guy that maybe needs another oh like Joel a Shattenkirk or- yes thank you that's the name I'm looking for right yeah a guy who kind of had a, a couple down years and you know uh, still has something left to give and, and could be you know a, a great fit on a third line when you shelter him and you know hey uh, are you saying that those- winning a Stanley Cup raises your confidence. Is that what you're trying Maybe. to tell me right now? Yeah, I mean, hell, I, coming in, at, <laughs> coming in at a million bucks. I mean, for you know, for OEL to put him on your third pair would be just fantastic. Sure, so, and he's making uh, two point one million dollars regardless. So yeah, right. to to be able to sign him to that cheaper deal, a one year deal, and and see how he does. I mean, he can bet on himself now. And uh, I, I mean, I think it's a good move for Vancouver. I think it's actually even better for Oliver Ekman Larson because it just was not working there. And I, I think that he'll go and shoot. Maybe he just goes back and signs with Arizona. Just like, I'm comfy here. I'll just sign a cheap deal. <laughs> go back to Arizona. I, they'll probably pay him more money to come back just because, shoot, I mean, they need to get to that floor, right? That's, but, they can just um, reuse all their old marketing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I mean, the only thing I I really, you know, don't get me wrong. I think they they needed to create some cap space, right? Obviously, you're going to have to sign Elias Pettersson to an extension, right? That's coming, but that won't start till kick until next season. Um, and and we, we know the cap's going up. So, you know, was OEL's deal in their mindset to, you know, related to this? I don't really think so. I think, honestly, they, they're they a little delusional, I think, in my opinion, because I think, you know, Vancouver's management thinks that they can win now, where I think, you know, bringing in one or two guys here isn't going to solve your problem, isn't going to make you a Stanley Cup contender at this point, especially with the teams that we know, uh, you know, with Edmonton, uh, you know, Calgary, I think, is going to rebound a little bit. And, you know, of course, yeah, they're Vegas in a rock star division. division. Right. So it's it's not going to be easy for them to jump all these teams and suddenly be, you know, the top team in, the, you know, in the Pacific Division. So I, I think, you know, they're a little delusional. But at the same time, you know, maybe they were like, you know what, we're going to, you know, just kind of. Well, I can I mean, forget about I, it. My my thought of what happened could be that, you know, they went, shoot, look at Florida. All Florida had to do was get in and look what they did. So, and you look at our team and you go, we we think we could get in. 
You know, we just have to do, you know, make a couple moves. Maybe, you know, they, it's not as if they don't have the, the talent up to up front, like JT Miller, Elias Pedersen, Brock Besser, Andre, Andre Kuzmenko, uh, just really changed the front of their lineup. Connor Garland's a, still a really good player. Anthony Beauvillier uh, is somebody that you can rely on in your top six and he'd be pretty good. So as far as their top six, it's pretty solid. And then you've got Quinn Hughes to boot. I mean, if you bring in a defenseman who can play, which Oliver Ekman Larson just could not play with on this decor, and then you find someone else to kind of fill in the gaps, you you maybe bring in two guys in your forward group. I mean, do you have enough money to do that? They only have six point four million dollars still in cap space right now. You know, if Tanner Pearson's healthy, I mean, there's some, there is a world, especially if now. If Thatcher Demko can play like he did two years ago, Vancouver might be a playoff team. If he plays like he did last year and he's hurt a lot, then Vancouver's not a playoff team. I mean, it really is going to come down to Thatcher Demko, in my opinion. And and yeah, who, who I, can I they put you. in there to to protect him, like play behind him? Yeah, and and I, I guess you know to that point, right? They they need to go out and they need to acquire some some better defensemen for this this group, right? I agree with you. I think up front they've got enough talent to compete with with almost any team in this their division, right? So just get in, right? You can score enough goals, I think. But the problem is is just keeping the puck out of the net, right? So um, and, and that's always seems to be the problem for every team. Not to sound cliche, but um, really they just need to find some better defensemen. Maybe like you know maybe you spend a couple bucks and you know bring in some more Luke Shen esh type players um not necessarily that he's going to come back or anything like that but um you go find some other guys that can really be those types of players maybe you convince a guy like Dmitry orlov to to sign with you this offseason because you have a few bucks i don't think they can afford him personally but you know who knows right um so i'll tell we'll you see, who i would I, love to see signed in vancouver is matt, i would love to hear that matt dumba i think he'd be a matt fantastic dumba. fit i think he would be a great fit alongside quinn hughes Quinn Hughes playing on the left side, Matt Dumba on the right, where Quinn Hughes can take his chances and can push the puck up ice, and he doesn't have to. He knows Dumba's gonna gonna be sitting back for him, and is gonna be able to control that side of the ice. And I I I, I think that that pair could really work well. Now, I don't you know Dumba offensively. He, he's not like he he puts up big numbers. I don't think he's getting yeah his his cap hit was six million dollars. I don't know that he's getting that again. Yeah, I I uh, mean honestly, I think Dumba's probably going to get around he'll probably get a, a three times five deal. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe four and a half, but still I I think that's probably going to be out of their, you know, their possibility as far as, you know, their money that they have. Um, but we'll see, right? I mean, we we don't know. Vancouver could make a couple more moves, maybe shift another guy out or two. Yeah, Beauvillier is a UFA. You there, you could see a world where they they try to move Beauvillier. Um, you know, he's he's not exactly a guy who's going to put up huge numbers for you. Although he did have nine goals in thirty three games for the Canucks. I mean, that's that's pretty solid forty point season. Uh, but at four four million bucks, you know, maybe you think we can find a more bargain forward who does something that Bavillier does. And, but it's a lot harder to find a bargain defenseman for the most part, you know, like defensemen are going to get paid. There's fewer of them in the league just is kind of how it is, but uh, maybe you can find no, a I agree forward with you. who can come in and score. If, if it was me, if I was trying to solve Vancouver's problem, right. I would try to eat two. Maybe you eat half the deal with Tyler Myers last year of his contract, right? And I'm sure there's teams that would be willing to take him on for 3 million bucks uh, for one season, right? And I think, you know, for 3 million bucks, I think you can find somebody who plays a better defensive game than Tyler Myers does. Not necessarily worried about the points because he only put up 17 last year and 18 years before. So you're not getting that with, you know, a defensive defenseman. So find somebody who can play better off in their own end and you can find those, I mean, for 3 million bucks. I mean, hell, look, Mark Stahl, all went signed for for the cheap in Florida, right? I mean, yes, those guys are harder to find, but still, they're out there. You can you can go find a couple of those guys for you know two three million bucks and, and bring somebody else in who I think is going to be more responsible in their own end for Vancouver. All right. Um, well, it'll be interesting to see what they do with that extra cap space. You know, sometimes when you see a team buy a player out like that, uh, a move quickly follows, 
Uh, but from what I understand, there is no move on the table. That this was like, hey, we're going to buy him out because it'll give us flexibility. Now let's go and see what kind of moves we can make. So I don't think anything is imminent uh, for the Canucks, but I, I obviously they're going to use this cap space to try and move their team forward. Uh, should we stay in Canada and, and pivot to the Jets? Because they might be the most interesting team in this offseason. At least one of the t- like top five most interesting teams for what they may do. Oh, boy, they sure will. Uh, who do you think will be here next season? Blake Wheeler, Mark Shifley, Nikolai Ehlers, or Connor Hellebuck? Well, I, I'll just say I think the two guys I think are going to be here are Mark Shifley and Nikolai Ehlers. Um, Vancouver still wants to be competitive. They still want to compete. Winnipeg. Um I'm sorry. Yeah. Winnipeg. <laughs> they still want to compete. They still want to be here. Uh, whether or not I think they'll actually be competitive in this division is a whole other story, but um, you know, trying to retool really quick, I think still you have to have uh, somebody down the middle, right? Mark Shifley is going to have to be that guy. Um, you're going to obviously lose. I think Pierre-Luc Dubois is going to get traded at some point this off season, uh, whether that's to Montreal or somebody else, who knows? Um, and then of course, uh, Blake Wheeler, I, he's gone. Um, I'm already hearing rumblings from, you know, Darren Dreger that basically Winnipeg is considering buying him out at this point. Um, do I think that's the right move? No. Um, but of course, you know, again, many teams don't really want to take on that $8.25 million contract right now. And I don't know if Winnipeg wants to, you know, eat half of that. I don't, it kind of sounds like they'd rather just buy him out than try to eat that. And uh, well, if whether they, that's the if right. If they ate it, what would they end up, what would they end up paying him if they, uh, well, let's, Let's see what the buyout would be buyout here, real quick. So, contract. if they bought him out, they 5. would save five and a half million bucks. Yeah. Well, they would, um, you know they pay five and a half million. So, if no, they would save five and a half and have a two point seven five uh, total hit saving. this year. Looks like total savings would be two point seven five million. Right. Well, the, so they save five point five this year, but next year it's going to cost them two point seven five. Okay. Uh, okay. Yes. So, yeah, yes, yeah. Yeah. The cap hit so, ends up being the same for both years, but. Right. Yeah, and, and the argument for, for Blake Wheeler is, is essentially that, you know, he takes a lot of penalties. He's just not as fast anymore. And he's he's basically a third line guy. Right. But, um, you know, again, if you're if you're Winnipeg, do you think you can replace his offensive production with that five and a half million dollar savings? Right. So fifty five points, um, you, you know, maybe stay out of the penalty box a little bit more. Do you think that's really worth it? Yeah. Uh, Although if you could if you could know. deal them and eat half the eat half of it, you know, then you still save four point one million. And you have to think that someone would give you something for Blake Wheeler at four point one million bucks. Yeah. That's, Maybe that's, does anyone want Blake Wheeler? I mean, if he put up fifty five points last year, it's not he put up six points in five playoff games. It's not like he's a he's he's this garbage player. I know that he has had uh I I think the knock on Blake Wheeler is that he's kind of a douche. <laughs> like <laughs> I think that's the vibe that's come out of the locker room is that like Blake Wheeler kind of you know he he soured guys against each other and and he just didn't treat people very well. And that was you know that was him as as a leadership a, a person in the leadership group a captain of the team. You bring well, him somewhere the- else, he's not going to be the captain anymore. No, but the the other big problem with you know moving him right is he has a modified no trade clause that only allows him to well basically he says these are the five teams I want to be traded to right and that's it so that's fine I mean teams. you could still get a second round pick I think for him if if he said I want to go to you know real I mean he's going to say in America all American teams so you know I want to go to pick top five American teams is someone willing to like he doesn't want to stay there. Right. But you have to assume that Blake Wheeler is those five teams on his list are going to be Stanley cup contenders. Right. And you have to assume that they don't have a ton of cap space because most contenders don't. And then not only that, but now as a contender and knowing that, you know, Hey, we've got to put this $4 million contract on the book. We don't have a lot of space. Um, do we really want this guy? Do we think he's better than something we can get in free agency? And knowing that, now you can you almost have the leverage in a trade with Winnipeg saying you know what shoot we're only going to give you a fourth round pick like or is you know at that point is it is it really worth for Winnipeg to have to you know pay that that salary I mean uh, hey I'm year? I'm looking at it and I'm going all right if I'm let's say uh, any team that was eliminated 
earlier than expected. If I'm Boston, am I am I willing to bring in Blake Wheeler and say I don't know if Blake Wheeler would go to Boston because he he was there when he started his career and they kind of screwed him over. So maybe we'll cross Boston off that list. Uh, let's say the New York Rangers say yeah, uh, like we would love to have Blake Wheeler at four point one million. They could absolutely afford it. You know they they could m- move a few things around and. Uh, all of a sudden, you've got Blake Wheeler added to Panarin, Zabinijad, Kreider, Trocheck. Like that fully solidifies your your top nine even more so. Uh, there's, I think there's a lot of teams that would happily bring in Blake Wheeler, especially at four point one million, and would not pay a first round pick. But I think you're definitely looking at multiple seconds for for mm. Blake Wheeler. I don't know. I, I think I think, think about there's think, been there's been guys who have full no move clauses, and those teams still get first round picks for those players. So here's the other part of this too, right? If it is true that Winnipeg is willing to buy him out if they can't find a trade partner, why wouldn't you as a team just say, you know what, fuck it, I'm just going to sit back, let you buy him out, and I'm going to get him for free in free agency. Problem solved. Well, yes, absolutely. If if they're going to just buy him out, but. I guess is the other choice to just say we'll just bring him back and we can always deal you at the deadline. Yeah, could you bring? Could do that. Could you bring him back? Mm, it'd be tough. I, I get it. Like that's the that's the tough that that's the leverage that they don't have is they really don't want to bring him back. Like he's kind of been a little poisonous to that locker room. But I I got to think that two team at least two teams that could be on his list. Would go. I mean, we'd give you a third round pick, and the other team would go. Well, I mean, we'd give you a second round pick, and you know, you'd go from there. But that's that's the way I see it. But uh, besides Blake Wheeler, anyone else that you think is going to? Do you think Connor Hellebuck? Do you think he's gone? Yeah, I think he's gone. Absolutely. I mean, he said well, he won't I mean, resign, right? So that's right. And that's the thing. You're going to get max value for him at the draft, right? You always get more value out of you know. You always can get more trade assets back in a deal in the off season than you can during the regular season sure. and particularly we've seen extra goalies. flexibility with uh, you can go with above the cap. the cap and yeah yeah and, and especially we've seen at the deadline with with goaltenders right they never really uh get a first round draft pick they never get a, hot, a lot of assets back the other way so really if, if you're a team and you, you think you have an opportunity to secure a a number one goaltender right and, and you have the assets to do it he's going to get moved and and it's just a matter of when right is it at the draft or is it going to be you know, July 1st, or is it going to be at some point this summer? Who knows? Um, the one, the, the one team that I've heard in particular was the New Jersey Devils. Yes, I have heard that. And, and what the, I mean, the great thing about that, if you're Winnipeg, right. And you're, you're still thinking you can compete, you know, you New take Jersey's back Vanacek. Absolutely. Yeah. And you still have a quality goaltender, in my opinion, who, you know, again, he's not a Connor Hollabuck, but now you have to go out and now you spend a couple more bucks on a reliable backup, which is fine. Um, you were going to have to get one anyway. So, um, you know, hey, I, I think you still got a, a good option and you can potentially have a decent tandem in that. That's not going to hurt you too bad or handicap you too much. Now, uh, in my opinion, I think Hollabuck, you know, definitely dragged Winnipeg into the, you know, the potential playoffs. hundred um, percent. Yeah. So, so now you have to really kind of shore things up a little bit more to make sure that your team is, uh, you know, a little bit more um, – less reliant on goaltending if that's the the right term for so, it, so. what does new jersey give up uh, uh like obviously we're, we're we're putting in vtech vanacek because they need a goalie and and they they probably need the cap space so he's the natural uh the obvious choice but and, and they have akira schmid who obviously would play back up to hellebuck it would be the perfect situation for hellebuck because he would only have to play 55 games yeah, you know, I, I absolutely agree. I think, um, you know, if you're if you're in New Jersey, I would probably throw in Sharon, Sharon Govich in that deal as well. Um, he's a young winger RFA, I think, you know, again, he's, the, the tight. One more year and he can be gone, though, as he's arbitration eligible. I don't know. Like, I think that if Winnipeg's trading Connor Hellebuck, uh, I, I get, like, talent-wise, yeah, Sharon Govich is a good, decent player, but I think they want somebody they can control. Well, here's the other part of that, too. If, if he comes in and... You know, he says, you know, I'm not going to sign long term. Then you can deal him, right? And I think you still get a pretty good return out of that. But I think Sharon Govich would be a good starting place with Vanacek. And then, of course, I think you're still going to need another piece in that. Um, you know, they don't have a first round pick this year. They have one next year, but they uh, potentially 
you know, might not have one in, in 2025 because of that San Jose trade. So Yeah, so you um, actually can't trade a pick that is a part of a uh, a part of a condition, I don't think, right? Exactly. So, you know, I, I think this is probably going to take some sort of high-end prospect, uh, maybe an Alexander Holtz. Um, gosh, I don't know who else you might, you might throw in there. Uh, Josh Philman, I'm not really yeah. sure. Really, I, mean, I, just, I don't think you're trying to trade away Nimick. No, I think I think Winnipeg would definitely ask, but that's a hard no right. for me if, if right. I'm New Jersey. Now, what if it was just uh, Hellebuck, Nemec, or Hellebuck, Nemec, Vanacek, straight up, no picks. There you go. Are you doing that if you're New Jersey? Who? Um, oh boy, because I think that's that that's question. the kind of deal that Winnipeg's looking for. They're looking for like, we want a young player who's already signed, who is, who we are going to have under our control for, you know, seven years for Nimick. Uh, and I think that they would be willing to forego the draft pick if they were, if they could get a player like that. That's, that's the way that I like, it seems that they've done business in the plat. The past is like, let's get guys who we have a lot of runway to get them signed here. So I guess the one saving grace for that, if, if I'm New Jersey, right, because you have to have, you know, players in the cupboard, especially over the next three, four years to come up. Um, you know, again, I, I don't think New Jersey is an automatic cup winner with with Hollabuck next year, but they're going to be a contender, strong contender. Um, so you want guys in the pipeline coming in, right? You So you have John Marino, but the one saving grace for me is the fact they have Luke Hughes on that blue line. Yes, exactly. Um, Exactly. So losing Nemec, maybe you can stomach that a little bit more, knowing that you had this. Because you're definitely not trading your cues. You're not allowed to anymore. (laughs) Right. So I think having this stud on the back end, a guy who can potentially be, you know, I mean, a legit pairing defenseman with with Dougie Hamilton, um, and a top two, you know, defenseman is is going to make it. You feel a little bit better about having to lose a prospect like Nemec, um, you know, if you do decide to make this deal. I've got one other team for you that I think would be an unreal fit. And that's the Colorado Avalanche. You Avalanche think? trade Georgiev and send him to Winnipeg. They got him for another two years. That works out. They've got the $7 million on it from LTIR from Landis Cog. So that, that holds on to Hellebuck. And, uh, and I mean, I think if you said, Hey, you're, you have, you've lost Landis Cog for the year, but you get Connor Hellebuck. And you're going to come back with pretty much the same team that you won the cup with outside of that. And then you still have the money to go and sign uh, a second line center. Yeah. I think in the short term, like this next season, right. It makes sense. Um, and yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's, it's for one year and you'd be giving up your goalie and then probably just picks or, you know, maybe, a. Yeah, but the return Winnipeg's going to look for, right? You you have to be a team that expects to keep him around long term, right? You don't give up these kind of assets for a guy that you're not. Yeah, I going guess to why sign. wouldn't you just wait until the following year? Exactly. So, uh, to me, Colorado doesn't make a ton of sense in the long term, right? Next year, great. That would be that'd be perfect, right? To put them over the top. But if they signed him long term, like if they were going to give up some assets and then he signed long term with them, I mean, it would be a great fit. Sure. As far no, as you know, having a, having that fantastic goalie, but. Yeah, one team I, I do look at that I think could really benefit, um, you know, the Seattle Kraken is a team that I, I'm yep. looking at right now. Yep. I think I thought um, of them you too. Know, no superstars really. I mean, Maddie Beniers, uh, Shane Wright might end up being some really quality top six guys, but I think you have to you have to know. be able to get rid of Grubauer in that deal. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, and I the problem is that Grubauer has a ten team no trade list. I'll bet my ass that Winnipeg's not on that list. <laughs> bet my ass every Canadian team's <laughs> probably on that list. Probably. So, I yeah, wouldn't want to go there either. Yeah, and another team I heard floated out there too, just because again it's it's my home team, the Red Wings, right? Um you know, I, I, I think that'd be great, but I, I just don't think that um you know, I, I don't think uh, you know Eiserman's going to be willing to hand out that kind of money to a goaltender. I don't think he's he's that type of GM. I, I mean, hey, he he did draft Vasilevsky, so you got. I mean, he would. I think he'd be more than willing to pay Vasilevsky what what he's getting paid. I, I think that I think he'd pay a top five goalie, top five goalie money. I don't I don't know that he'd have a problem with that. I think the the tough part would be giving up a bunch of assets this year for a guy like 
uh, for a team that when you look at it, you go, we maybe could make the playoffs, but it's still a pretty long shot to, for us to make the playoffs this next year. Like this next year, you you're hoping to see the Red Wings in that like they're competing. They're maybe hanging around. They're in a playoff spot for a little bit, and they're you know they're doing good things. And I I think much like last year, you know where it was like. Hmm, Maybe we shouldn't be by it. Maybe we should shouldn't sell all their guys. And then in the end, they ended up selling anyways. Uh, but I think that that's where you you hope to be next year. It's like maybe we're buyers, maybe we're sellers. We could we could maybe still compete for a playoff spot. I just don't see in this division. You still got Boston, Tampa, Toronto, Florida, Ottawa's coming up, and I think Ottawa's ahead of Detroit. And then you're talking the Buffalo Sabres, who are absolutely knocking on the door. I think this next year, the Sabres knock out one of these teams from the playoffs. Uh, I think most likely the team to, I mean, I think we're probably all looking at Boston to, to fall if Bergeron doesn't come back. Uh, although they just won the freaking President's Trophy. So what are they going to, they're going to have 50 less points than they had this last year? <laughs> Charlie Coyle is your number one center. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, in, the, uh, and in that case, of course, they'd go out and they would sign somebody or, or trade for somebody. So Boston's going to be a big player as well. Uh, that division's what, Ottawa tough. could use a number one goaltender though. Oh, certainly. Oh, certainly. Yeah. That would, that would definitely put them over the top and they got enough young assets to be competitive long-term for the, you know, seven, eight years, whatever contract. Yeah. New ownership. To. Maybe, uh, you know, Someone, someone says, let's go make a make a big splash and yeah. bring. They don't Connor have a first Hilda. round pick this year, but you know, next year maybe uh, you know they might be willing to deal that one, or maybe maybe you send out a guy like Shane Pinto in that deal, send him back. Or? Yeah, I I actually think that Shane Pinto may be a a nice little bargaining chip for the Ottawa Senators. Um, yeah, I think that at this point you've kind of established who your centers are, and I think you've got enough of them to where you can you can use him in a deal and i mean yeah you're you're not necessarily selling low because he's so young teams will still want to take a chance on him because of his injuries he's just like had bad luck essentially um but i i think he like he's absolutely the type of player that i'm sure winnipeg would love to have yeah absolutely and you send back maybe you know um, you could send back Anton Forsberg the other way, so now you yep. you get a goaltender in the yep. deal too. So although they they do love them, Anton they Fors- do. Forsberg, so I don't think he's. <laughs> but I, I don't love Hellebuck even more. So that is true, my friend. Uh, let's let's hit one more team before we sign off today. Obviously, there's uh, you know 32 teams, and we're not going to hit them all in one show, but uh, we'll we'll just keep on kind of rattling through these teams as we as we go leading up to the draft and all in free agency we'll 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 hit your favorite team before all is said and done but uh where should we close out here justin mm, that is a very very good question you know what i would like to essentially talk about the washington capitals i suppose okay yeah um, washington's a great yeah yeah i i'm intrigued to new see coach. what they do yep new coach um you know and again they're they're, they're getting older. They've got some pieces that could potentially be on the move, right? I've been hearing a lot of about them potentially moving a guy like Anthony Manta, Tom Watt, Tom Wilson, uh, you know, Evgeny, Evgeny Kuznetsov might be on the move as well for teams looking to, to fill a top two center role, right? Like Colorado, for example, um, you know, and they've got, you know, they've got some younger pieces that have come in like Rasmus Sundin last year. And, you know, they just re-signed, you know, Nick Jensen this off season. So, um, I'm intrigued by them to, and especially with their draft pick, right? Because they're a team to me when I, when I look at them at, at number eight, they could be a perfect fit for a Mitch Koff, right? A uh, Russian guy, Ovechkin, right? Yep. It just seems yep. to fit very well for me. Um, so and to me, they're going to be a team that I'm going to watch down the, down the line here for these next couple of weeks to see what they do because uh, their window for, for Ovi and Backstrom is closing. And so I think they're going to be aggressive, uh, in making moves, whether that again, like I mentioned, moving out Wilson and Manta, bringing in other pieces, but um, should be should be quite interesting this off season. Yeah, I I think based on what we've seen now for the last two years with Anthony Manta being with the Washington Capitals, I think I it's it's time. It just has not worked here in in Washington for Manta uh, for whatever reason. It just just hasn't worked out. That that trade just ended up being a disaster for everyone. <laughs> Right. As, as far as the players that were brought, I mean, Detroit, you know, Detroit got their, uh, the first round pick and the second round pick and they, uh, they took some good players, but, 
Uh, you know, Mantha did not pan out. And then Jacob Verana really didn't pan out for the Red Wings uh, other than like the first 10 games. So I, I think, yeah, it's time to wash our hands of Anthony Mantha. I still think that he, he ha- can serve a role and that he can be a, a pretty solid player. I mean, he just has not been able to, it's been a while since he's really scored goals. Like we're talking four years since he had 25 goals. Uh, he just hasn't been able to he stay, just can't healthy. stay healthy. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think it's just time to kind of move on here and maybe you have to eat some of that salary in order to move him, but uh, that shouldn't be a huge issue for Washington. They don't have any retained salary for this next year. So I, I think they find a, a place for Mantha and that'll free up some cap space for them. I don't know that they trade Tom Wilson because he's such a, a popular player and because of what Matthew Kachuk just did in the, the playoffs, I think now, I, I I guess maybe maybe I'm I'm going against what I just said, but boys is value high because of Matthew Kachuk. Because if there's any player out there that you go, who's kind of like a Matthew Kachuk light? He's definitely in that list. Like he can score a little bit, he can he can bash, he can he'll get into the corners, he'll fight, he'll do anything it takes to win. That's his persona. That's who he is known as throughout the league. And boy, I'm sure there's lots of teams that would love to bring him in onto their playoff roster. Like, can you imagine the Leafs bringing in Tom Wilson, what he would do to change that top six? Oh boy. A completely different vibe from, uh, I mean, even if, even, even if you go, well, Michael Bunting out and Tom Wilson in, I think you're looking at a, a vastly different, like Michael Bunting's just kind of a prick, but Tom Wilson can back (laughs) it up. Tom Wilson backs it up. I like that. So I, I think they're, and the Leafs aren't the only team that are lacking a player like Tom Wilson because there's probably only maybe five or six players like Tom Wilson in the league. So, you know, maybe, maybe Washington, it would be smart to deal him at this point because maybe his value won't, will never be as high because of what Matthew Kachuk did in the playoffs. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, I'm interested to see, though. I think, you know, again, the great thing, you can keep Tom Wilson. And I think even at the deadline, if, you know, because like you said, because of what Kachuk did, if they can't figure out a long-term contract with Wilson, he, you'll get a great return on him at the deadline. People will line up to Very pay true. a first-round pick for this guy. Very true. Yep. He may be one of the top players available at the deadline if Washington isn't in the in a playoff position. Right, exactly. And and there is definitely, like, one one guy that, uh, that I think a lot of us have forgotten about because he was hurt all year, Connor Brown. I think he's going to have a lot of a lot of teams interested in him. Uh, he was fantastic for Ottawa before he got dealt, and assuming he's healthy, he'd be a great addition to any team looking to win a Stanley Cup. Uh, you can see him being on a team's second, third line, and just being able to do that, like do everything kind of player. Uh, so Connor Brown, keep an eye. I mean, Washington's not getting anything for him. He's a UFA. I don't think he's going to resign in Washington, but he'll be somebody who teams are looking out for. But Let's not forget that like Darcy Kemper's here. He's still a really good goalie. Uh, they John Carlson. You still got Ovechkin, and you're going to get something back for Kuznetsov. And uh, this team could still surprise people. And this division is, you know, the Philadelphia Flyers are going to be probably pretty garbage this next year. So you, you've you've got that. You've got the the Penguins. I think are look like they might still be taking a little bit of a step backwards before they move forward. I don't really know that Columbus is going to be tremendously better, probably going to be better than 59 points, but I don't think they're making the playoffs. Like when I look at the four teams that made the playoffs in this division, I think the, the Islanders could fall, you know, there maybe care. Like, could you catch Carolina out of there? Eh, I don't know. Depending on what they do with their goalie situation. Um, this this Eastern Conference, I mean, every division is tough. Like it seems like the top end teams, it's hard to rip them down. It seems like those those teams are are hard to jump in. But you know, Washington was always one of those teams and always found themselves in the playoffs. So we'll see if they can rip themselves back into the playoffs. Yeah, I, I mean, I personally think that you're going to see a team like Boston, right? They're not going to obviously win another 65 games. So. You know, you, you could potentially see 15 games, right, coming off that win record. So they got to go somewhere, right? So True. teams like Washington, yeah. I think Pittsburgh, right? They're gonna they're gonna gobble up a few of those wins, uh, maybe pull some from the Islanders and Carolina, depending, like you said, depending on their goalie situation. So, um, you know, it could be a much more 
I guess from from in my opinion, from one to six, I think the you know the the point totals could be a lot closer, you know, versus this thirty three point spread that we had last year. Yep, yep, very true. All right, well, uh, yeah, I we'll we'll definitely be we'll we'll talk before the draft um, next week. We'll we'll do a show earlier before the draft, and we'll, we'll keep going on this and, and keep uh, just kind of hitting on teams, and we'll see what moves happen pre draft and leading up to the draft, and. Uh, We'll, we'll be here for it. This is the this is like one of the most fun times of the year for me. I, I mean, I know there's no oh, there's, there's no hockey, weird. but like this is the this is the most fun to talk about for me. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, so this is this is the time of year where you know deadline right teams make big moves, but it's only for like just short term you know fun right. Where yeah. I think now and it's only deadline. a certain amount of teams right. Like there's there's maybe like twelve teams that think they yes. could win the cup. Whereas now, right now it's every team is going to be involved. Exactly. And I think any little move, right, is going to have such long-term ramifications on your team. So it's fun for me to watch. Love it. Sure. All right. Well, that's our show. You can find us on uh, Twitter at OT Hockey Talk. And until next time, we, uh, you know, enjoy the weather. I guess there's no hockey to enjoy. So just uh, go out there and enjoy that sunshine. And uh, honestly, I feel like we need some rain, but <laughs> that's that's uh, besides the point. Well, Justin, you have a good night. And to our listeners, enjoy that summer. <laughs>